I was just doing the brief introduction to everybody, Mr. Cowan Amayabu, and I told everybody that we're going to present Celebrating the Juices of the Earth, your company, the Earth Given Company. <laughs> Yay! Thank you very much. Uh, I really appreciate you, sisters. I will make sure you get your bottles. Uh, I hope uh, to be an alumni of this uh, great program. I love what you two are doing. Keep it up. Uh, j just keep having me come back. I love you too. All right. Okay. Well, Miss Shawnee, I'll go ahead and give you the mic so you can get this started and maybe introductions are welcomed. Oh yeah, definitely. I would have to say about earth giving juices, my first experience, not necessarily with earth giving juices, but with sorrel was three years ago when I traveled to Ghana and my guide asked me if I wanted to try a drink. And I said, oh yeah, sure. Said it was very popular around Ghana. I was like, okay. And so I'm drinking, I'm drinking. Oh wow, this is great. And so I was thinking I would never ever in life, try this again unless I go back to Ghana. Two years later, I run across Mr. Mayabu. He said, hey, I have a drink that you can try. I, I make it. I said, oh, you make it? Okay. I saw I drink it. Oh, this tastes familiar. Oh my gosh, what is it? It's always sorrel. Oh, I've had this before in Ghana. Been hooked ever since. <laughs> it's yeah. so cool. The irony of everything. Okay. <laughs> That's how it happens. Right. <laughs> Definitely the irony of it all. But now that we're on the subject mm -hmm. of earth giving juices, Mr. Mayabu, what inspired you yeah. to start your company? Uh, well, this company has been my purpose and dream for many years. Uh, but I was first asked that question uh, before I found there were there are three reasons why um, that it, I was inspired to create this company to produce original traditional sorrel. Uh, the first comes from my early childhood uh, as a child back in a day um, when you come from a large family um, we all used to walk to school together. Um, me, my two elder sisters, and my baby sister. Well, we had to walk through the school playground to get to the building. And on the playground was this huge sorrow bush. The bees would always be kind of swarming around that bush but I would actually pick the red flowers and I would suck on the, the, the petals um, and the nectar from the flower. Um, it was something I would do every morning and it became like a thing that I did. The flower was just sweet, red. Uh, it wasn't until I got older and I was already drinking and producing sorrow that I realized I've always been around this plant and it brought things full circle for me as one of the purposes in my life. Um, 
there is another reason why uh, I was inspired to start this company. The, the second reason was also family. Unfortunately, in America, we've become accustomed to divorce and broken families. Uh, it truly is one of the lasting legacies of slavery here amongst Black families. Um, and it's a very strong force that we have to contend with. But at any rate, uh, my father had divorced my mother and, uh, and moved on to start another family with my stepmother, who was from Jamaica. Uh, it it kind of goes with the saying that um, life goes on, our time heals all wounds. Uh, her family, at any rate, uh, really accepted me and they grew me up with my now beloved cousins in Brooklyn. Uh, so um, it was a tradition during the holidays for all of us to get together as a family. We would gather on Thanksgiving and Christmas. And um, during Christmas time, they would make this drink. I'm not sure the exact age the first time I had sorrow because I, it was early. Maybe I was seven or eight. Uh, around the same time, you know, I similarly was uh, sucking on the bush in, in Florida, but uh, I do remember the first time I had sorrow, uh, my aunt, who is my stepmother's uh, sister, uh, she handed me a cup of the drink at the party. And when I took my first sip, I looked at the cup, I looked around, took another sip, looked for approval, and was like, what is this amazing drink? Sort of like, you know, what happened to you in Ghana. I fell in love with sorrow. Um, I remember the party because I drunk so much sorrow, I passed out on the bed <laughs> on everyone's jackets. Um, no, no one could find me the entire party uh, until the end of the party when they went looking for their jackets. Here, here I was. I was just, I was drunk off of this amazing drink called Sorrow. Uh, the third, the third reason, our third inspiration is definitely connected to the two, the first two. After I had my first child, mm -hmm. and I know Annette, you've been asking for a bottle. I'm going to make sure you have your bottle. <laughs> I really am. I'm going to have a little sip while I'm on here with you. I have mine. I don't have sorrel, but but uh, I have aloe vera juice. Oh, I got to get you some. Maybe that's a new version. We can mix both together and see what we come up with. Sounds good. Yeah. But um great drink. Okay. After I had my first child, my daughter, I wanted to create a business that could be a family business uh, to employ the family and to pass down generationally. And at the time I was in Oakland, California. 
the Jamaican population is a tight community in Oakland. We all know each other. Um, we all support each other. And uh, that's the reason why the Jamaican community overall is very successful. We support each other. So I started to produce and bottle sorrow in honor of my stepmother and her mother who had recently passed away. Um, and it was her recipe, her mother's recipe that I was using that I still use today. It was a hit. Um, one of my first events uh, I told uh, Shani was a salsa conference in San Francisco, California. You know, I set up my table, um, my business was registered, and I sold every bottle and every drink, every drop I had for three days straight. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. Um, and after I sold those bottles, I, I believe I made somewhere between 500 to $600 that weekend. I was shocked. Wow. I was shocked. The Latino community really received me. Um, because I, I learned from that event that they call sorrow Hameka. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh. How mm -hmm. many? Did you, um, you know, do the, uh, or, or distribute your sorrow during that weekend? Was it both Saturday and Sunday or just uh, a day or how many hours? I'm just kind of. It was, it was a, it was a three day event, uh, three day salsa event. If you've never gone to, uh, if you've ever get a chance to go to a salsa event, they're, they're really good. Oh and exciting and I happened to be one of the vendors and I sold every drop and I didn't have anything left and I I really felt received by them um so I realized that the drink had a cultural history mm -hmm. that transcended it being not just you know a local Jamaican drink right. the drink yeah the drink I learned was brought over during the slave trade and everywhere that Africans went, they produced some version of this drink. It became like a kind of full circle that I had something special. So I made a point to be very diligent in keeping the tradition and re really kind of being protective uh, and strict about the quality and the ingredients mm -hmm. because I was shown how to produce sorrow, but I was also told that um, it wasn't a recipe that I could openly share. Um, the drink was in many ways, I think, I, ca I call the drink holy. Whenever I make the drink, I, you know, kind of say a prayer. And I, I think the drink is very special. It's uh, it's worthy of honor and uh, because of its history. Okay. Yeah. Um, in 2015, I was the only commercial producer of Sorrow in Oakland. So uh, my business kind of exploded. Uh, and 
reason, another reason why it exploded was the health benefits. Um, sorrow has many medicinal health benefits, like uh, it helps lower the blood pressure, lower the cholesterol. It's uh, anti-inflammatory. So uh, the Jamaican, I had the Jamaican and Latino community. Uh, they really accepted me, but I was able to cross over to this now new health conscious community. Um, cause that was a time when, I don't know if you remember, uh, healthy eating was going from being a fad to an actual lifestyle in America. We were, we were kind of done with McDonald's and we were like, Hey, we need to like really, uh, look at our health. So, um, my potential customer base was huge. Once I saw that my drink and the high quality of my recipe that I produced was original and it couldn't be replicated uh, at the same quality, I knew I wouldn't have any competition uh, that could produce as fast and at such a high quality and with the high standards. So uh, the honor and the pleasure of producing sorrow is what uh, inspired me. That was a long spill, sorry, but I really, I really have a passion for this. I thing. can see. Oh, that's great. Um, it's always good to be passionate about your business and what you're, what you know, because if you're not passionate about it, then why do it, right? <laughs> exactly. I, I can do this until I'm eighty, um, I, and I will do it until I'm eighty. So, yeah. So I think uh, we've discussed what inspired you to start your company, how you came up with the name, and the history about Sorrel. And I believe you mentioned about how many bottles you sold at that one event. Uh, we'll, for, I guess, piggyback on that question. As far as currently, I know that you've resurrected your business. Thus far, how many bottles have you sold as opposed to uh, when you started your business in Oakland? Oh, that is a loaded question. You are trying to have these people come invest in my business and bring me to a store near you. Uh, thank you for that question. And I can answer all those questions specifically. I would say I can't give you a exact number. Right. Um, hmm. Yes, guesstimate perhaps. Uh, you can do it for like. Uh, let's just break it down to increment. For instance, the weekend that I went and tried out your your juice that weekend alone. Um. I think that weekend we uh, had only sold probably a good, a couple of cases. We have 12 in a case. I think we probably sold about, you know, 60 bottles that oh, day. Wow. Um, yeah. That's a well. And that was just one day. We're shooting for 10,000 bottles sold. I will say that we are somewhere between 5,000 and 6,000 bottles sold. Um, 
when when you came to the event and saw us, um, I would say that was in the last six months. So in the last six months, we've sold about a little over twelve hundred bottles. A little over twelve hundred bottles. So it's we're a small operation, but that's still a lot of bottles. Yes. So you have yeah. to start somewhere, right? Yeah, we expect to increase significantly this year. Uh, I would definitely say we, in stores, we sell faster than your Coca-Cola or your Pepsi because of our, our huge customer base and uh, our profit margins are better. Mm -hmm. So our, our business associates are happy. Our customers get a healthy drink alternative. and. Uh, we get to sell and profit from a, a great traditional drink. It's a win-win-win. Before we proceed to the next question, I just have one quick question about you passing out on the couch. <laughs> was it uh, because... <laughs> I'm just wondering, was there an extra added ingredient to, your, to that juice um, that she poured in, <laughs> or did she just get like you OD'd on on the juice itself? <laughs> that is a a amazing question and very um, inside question. Okay, well, no. <laughs> the I, I'm just gonna say possibly okay. because the sorrow tradition in the islands. Uh, sometimes they do put a little wine in the sorrow. Okay. So I'm not sure. I can't say for sure that the there was wine in that sorrow, but um, I had way too much. Okay. I I just had way too much. So uh, I I can never neither confirm or deny. <laughs> but yeah, it. Alcoholic sorrow is its own oh, beast. It really is. Interesting, yeah. interesting. So just to be clear, the sorrow that you sell is non-alcoholic, correct? That is correct. Um, I only produce, and we will only produce a um, a a a version uh, sorrow. And actually, I'll take that back. I I won't say that. Uh, I won't say in the future we will never produce a alcoholic version of it but i do believe there are many uh, sellers of an alcoholic version of sorrel and i feel like my purpose that wasn't the purpose that i was given i my purpose was to to give you the plant in its raw form so i i think that that's what i win with and that's what i will continue with well i no alcohol. no alcohol in the earth given juices red sauce. I, I would have to agree with you. I, I do enjoy your juice and I did feel uh, a great experience from it. So with that being said, we'll move on to the next question here. What are your current challenges with earth given juices? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, let's see. My current challenges, I definitely would say, um, hmm. Uh, 
of course, uh, funding for any small black business is usually the the thing that kind of is our Achilles heel. Um, I've been able to fund this business and um, be profitable in three different places, uh, Oakland, Florida, and now here in Maryland. But once the right investor gets into um, the Earth Given Juices company, we will literally change an entire city. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. I, I hope to do that here in Baltimore, uh, build our first factory. But uh, if, if, I, if we cannot find that person that has that, that foresight, and I do believe we've already found them, it's just a matter of time until we uh, finish the ink on the paper. Uh, once we find them, uh, Earth, Gil- Earth Given Juices is just going to flourish. It, it really will build, will build, you know, we, we have something to offer the, the community. I'll just say that. Um, cha- other challenges. I, I definitely say we are able to handle any challenge that we meet and face. But there's one particular challenge that always really kind of bothers me. I am, my background is I'm black American. Um, so I've been trying to reintroduce Sorrel to the African American community here in North America. Um, from Oakland to Florida to Baltimore, this has been a troubling issue because I just can't like get my people to drink my drink. So uh, producing a juice that naturally helps people overcome their health issues, you know, blood pressure, cholesterol, it boosts your immune system, it helps with diabetes, it's antioxidant, you know, uh, all these different elements, which the African community is Number one with having across the board. Um, um, as a whole, I want to say um, African Americans suffer because of our situation here in the United States. Uh, black people are a terrorized people, and it makes them hard for them to trust each other and support each other. So um, uh, more so with the post-1950s generation, the uh, 1960s, 70s, 80s, you know, till today, and less our elders uh, who know, who have some knowledge of this drink and are um, some of my best customers. I just really feel like the lack of economic investment in our community leaves Blacks with, like, you know, the choice at the store, you know, do I buy this 50 cent soda or do I buy this $5 drink? Right, right. I mean, yeah, you bring up a good topic. Uh, I think there's a lot of health disparities in our community and we do need to help uh, the outreach 
uh, to sustain our lifespan. So, with that, yeah, uh, Shani, it looks like you're up next on the the next question. So you've proposed a few social justice issues. So what is your vision for the company? How can you use your platform for Earth Giving Juices to affect change in the community? So what's your vision for the next five to 10 years? I definitely, uh, well in five years, we will have multiple commercial kitchens in this area. And I do believe we will be the largest producer of sorrow in the mid-Atlantic region. Mm -hmm. 10 years, I see Earth Given Juices as a, a multinational corporation. I believe we have a product that can sell in multiple markets in multiple countries. Uh, I, I, I think we will do well in China. I think we will do well in India. I think we will do well in Italy, France. Uh, I think we'll do well on the continent of Africa, Ghana, Ghana, like you said before, where you had it. I think we'll do well in Nigeria, Egypt. Uh, we didn't really go into the history, and I would like to revisit that question um, because I think that is uh, something I can educate you, um, the listeners on today as far as the history. but. Um, we have an original traditional drink. Uh, we're recognizable. Mm -hmm. I think I, the sky's the limit for the Earth Given Juices Company. Um, I also think as far as social justice, um, once we are able to get off the ground, um, uh, a company like uh, Earth Given Juices will be able to, you know, build, um, build, employ people and really assist with employing um, uh, our, you know, providing some type, uh, some, uh, some level of economic security for, for the, the community. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. And ultimately, it it would serve African Americans, I think, uh, to have a business like the Earth Giving Juices Company to, you know, build their neighborhoods and build in their cities and employ them and send their children to school uh, to c continue this same tradition um, of bottling and producing our own drinks and, right. you know, from from there, we can go to building our own technology, um, building our own computers, building our own cell phones, building our own vehicles, creating our own institutions. Um, I, I definitely think we, um, it, that's one of my, my drives for creating this company. It, it, it's definitely a destination. Um, the, and the purpose of uh, why I do it all. Um, yeah. So if my black Americans miss the first wave, eventually they'll catch on. Uh, the every, Everyone uh, tends to like it. So uh, we have, a, a, again, a huge customer base. Okay. Um, 
So where can people purchase it, uh, the juice in Maryland? In Maryland, um, you can purchase it at uh, Liberty Pizza and Subs here in Baltimore. You can purchase it at El Shaddai uh, International Grocery Store. You can purchase it at Woodmore Cocktail uh, Stores. You can purchase it at Corinthian Lounge. Okay. We're working on uh, a deal with a, a large restaurant in the area so that we can get it into five additional locations. And you can also find us online. Okay. Um, okay. We'll, we'll ship directly to you. Oh, wonderful. So yeah. Our will be in the stores. Uh, near you soon, hopefully. Right, yeah, in Virginia. That's where I'm repping. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure DC as well. Yeah, so the DMV. Um, going back to your comment on the $5 soda can, oh, sorry, excuse me, the 50 cent soda can versus the $5 uh, Sora. I was wondering, do you have, uh, as far as marketing strategies or perhaps maybe thinking about how you would market it to folks because i think packaging is everything and how i don't want to say bright or shiny the the, the labeling is that would draw people's attention what is your take how would you how would you go about advertising it i guess and why like if i for instance, I came in your store and I said, well, I think I want this Sprite soda as opposed to this juice. How would you sell it to me? Well, packaging, first and foremost, is very important. We've, we've had different packaging for our bottle. Yeah, our drink tastes wonderful, but if the packaging was not good, it wouldn't sell. So in different markets we've had, uh, we've come a long way. In Oakland, we actually started off with a, a, black, a black woman on our, our bottles. Mm -hmm. And we were selling in uh, a, a black neighborhood, a hood store, but it was owned by some Arabs. And the Arabs did not like the black woman on the bottle. They literally, you know, told me, hey, you're gonna have to change your your label. So it was kind of a real big thing for um, the company right. when I took it. Yeah, I, I took it back to the fellas and, you know, I'm in, I'm in West Oakland producing this. So if you don't know about West Oakland, West Oakland is the home of the Black Panthers. So um, I had a, 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 a small marketing team that was helping me, you know, create this, this idea or bring it to reality. And it was a, you know, a big discussion about why the, uh, the image of a Black woman was so offensive on, on the dream. You know, even in the days of, you know, we're in the post days of Aunt Jemima, or, you know, Uncle Ben. Um, 
they when they saw the woman on my drink they just you know they couldn't take it so what we did was we realized that it, it our purpose is we want to sell our drink you know we don't want to offend you so if we are we could if we're potentially offending you then we would it wouldn't fit our purpose so we we went back to the table um we we drew up a new design, something that was friendly, something that was light. We we introduced some colors that still represented uh, what we our movement, and you know it came to be a clean design. So uh, and, and we we've, we've benefited from from it ever since. So. Marketing has so many different uh, levels and different, different, you know, different issues and things that you have to to address. You know, there's, you know, just the simple making of the bottle, you know, how you're going to seal it all the way to, you know, social media, what you're going to do on social media or when you're out uh, selling retail. Um, your, what are your banners going to look like? Um, are, are you going to have shirts, et cetera, et cetera? So, um, yeah, I'll just say all the above. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I think, a, it's a. I think one of the most important things is uh, public health and just making sure that it's safe, and which is great. You know, the the process that you're doing, the bottling, and uh, I'm sure that there's a process to it not just a you know you pour it in the bottle <laughs> type of thing so there's, no. there's an intense process that, um, that i'm sure that it goes through to make sure the quality and uh, assurance is there going back to i know i'm kind of random right now because i'm just thinking about what you've said thus far the flower when you were a little kid and you uh, placed it in your mouth and i i it just reminded me when i was back home in guam we have the hibiscus and I did the same thing. <laughs> I picked the flower off the tree of the, the bush and I, you know, tried it out. I said, like, Oh, this is sweet. So I'm wondering, is this flower a kind of like the family of hibiscus flowers? Because in the South Pacific, we have a lot of hibiscus there. Yes. Uh, I, I was saying uh, before that, the sorrel itself are it, we really guard the type of flower that you want to have sorrel roselle is a cousin of the hibiscus plant it's not quite the um it's not quite the same as hibiscus it's a cousin the the benefits are are identical but not the same gotcha. so and, and to touch back on what you uh, previously were saying, uh, I I will say I will say about um, producing. It actually you you have to go through a lot of process. You have to get the drink tested. Um, you have to get your business registered. You have to produce in a commercial kitchen. It isn't 
just uh, overnight, hey, I'm going to pour a drink in a, a bottle and sell it. it. There really is a process. And I, I, I may make it look easy, but uh, I, there are a lot of hoops that you do have to jump through. So yeah, I'm sure. I'm kind of familiar with various processes, and I think so is Shani. <laughs> that's why we brought. That's well, I, I was speaking for you, Shani, but that's why I brought it up just to to let everyone know that it's a safe type of drink and also very beneficial. And I would think that you would point out those uh, instances of okay, well, this will help to decrease your cholesterol, decrease our prevent diabetes, et cetera. Um, so with that being said, I think that, I mean, I enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to my bottle soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't, I still want to tell you all about the history of sorrow. Um, if you guys, you know, have a little time. Sure. For free. Yeah. And I will make sure you both get a nice size bottle on the company. Uh, and uh, I definitely should be considered an alumni by now. I think I've been on the show twice. So I could, I could be a brother of the show. Yeah, you can call me in now. <laughs> so yes, I'm, I'm uh, uh, in the No360 <laughs> alumni. Question, question before you proceed with the history. <laughs> data. Uh, do you have a brother? <laughs> do I have a brother? No. I'm just joking. You're you're saying your your brother, you're an alumni to in the North 360, and I was saying, well, maybe you could bring your brother along. Whoever you don't have to be blood brothers, but you could bring another brother <laughs> to the mix. Hey, we. Hey, you guys might be spawning a new shows. That's what's happening here. Is that what is happening? We're spawning a new show? Well, yeah, you said that you wanted to get your, your word out. So we may have you as a cameo, you and another person as a cameo appearance. Definitely okay. We have to be vetted. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, we will welcome it. Okay. I think I can get a... Um, one of my friends in here, you know, I'll make sure you clean cut. Yo, brother, clean cut. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Okay, I think we, I, I apologize, everyone. <laughs> I think we've digressed. Moving on to the history, sir. <laughs> okay, well, I learned a lot about sorrow since the day when I was sucking on the, the petals of it. And, you know, a lot of people have that experience of sucking on flowers, you know. Because I've sold so many bottles from Oakland to Florida and now Maryland, I have literally introduced sorrow to thousands of people who now love this drink. Others who know sorrow, when they try my drink, they take a moment and, you know, it takes them back. They start to tell me the stories and their histories of their, their mother, their grandmother, their grandfather, made them pick the flowers from, you know, fresh from the yard. And, you know, they made it homemade. Mm -hmm. So um, 
I said previously that the Latinos in San Francisco really accepted my drink. Mm -hmm. Well, while I was in Oakland, I I took my family on a road trip to Southern California, you know, um, L.A., San Diego, and we made our way down to Mexico. Oh, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. So um, it it actually is a trip you definitely should take. I I drove in uh, with the family on on a car. So driving through Tijuana, I'm, you know, you know, I go through the border customs and I'm driving through the city and I, I, I stop at a mall. Okay. We get out at the mall, we shop. Um, we stopped to eat at the food court in the mall, you know, similar to what you would do here in America, but you know, it's only Spanish. So I, I order my food kind of like with hand gestures. They asked me what I wanted to drink and I, I couldn't speak Spanish. So I'm like, I point at the purple drink, you know, you know, black people love the purple drink. What's the purple drink? Okay, I need to stop. The purple drink. I took a sip. I took a sip, and it was sorrow. Oh wow! Okay. Fell out my. I wanted to fall out my chair. So it it brought things kind of full circle. It reiterated that I was on the right course. Okay. Um. Similarly. When selling my brand, uh, Earth Given Juices, I, again, get a lot of different stories. People tell me, hey, my grandma used to make me make this drink for me back in Guatemala. Um, or I haven't had this drink since I was in Nicaragua. Um, uh, we love this drink in Panama. Uh-huh. So essentially, um it always kind of makes it back to the jamaicans who are very protective of this drink and you know they're kind of like no this is our national drink you know this is this is our tradition so um because i come out of the jamaican tradition of sorrow my recipe is the original jamaican style of sorrow I I actually serve and protect that culture and the authenticity of this drink. But it's not to say that I haven't tasted the Trinidadian version because uh, I grew up with people from Trinidad, which is another island. And they also have a, a, a version of sorrel and they gave me a, a love for sorrel at an early age. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really started to learn about the tradition when I started to sell to Africans. That, um, I know I'm African and I'm part of the African diaspora, but as my consumer base amongst actual people coming directly from Africa increased, I started to get their stories and their associations with the drink. Mm-hmm. Um, it's from those stories of those Africans coming to America today that I learned that sorrow has a, a much older tradition 
than any of us in the diaspora even imagine. Um, it's important to kind of recognize uh, this moment in history uh, of Africans in the diaspora here in America, um, the islands, Central or South America. Uh, for the first time in you know hundreds of years, we have the opportunity to touch, to talk to, and fellowship with people from the motherland. We we haven't always had that opportunity. You know, our fatherland, people from our fatherland. Um, this is what our ancestors always dreamed of and hoped they and what you know wanted to do from the moment that they were taken from the shores of Africa. Right. Um, yeah, so it was to get back with these people and their traditions. Oh. Um, uh, excuse me, I'm going to answer. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll talk your head off about sorry. Well, I was just wondering what exactly, so, so what I'm hearing is that from various cultures, this juice uh, was like the, I guess, glue between cultures. And I'm wondering what you've learned from the African history behind this juice that's similar or different from the other cultures or from Jamaica. It, it sounds like you were, you were about to get to that highlight and I just want, didn't want anyone to uh, lose that moment of understanding. Okay, well, it's a direct, uh, direct link between um, our direct translation between Africa and the Americas. Um, if we're talking about cuisine, um, cuisine and and in a sense, our cuisine is a, a matter of health. Uh, it should be studied and guarded with the utmost seriousness. So. Yeah, I don't want people to miss it as well. Um, What's the importance? Uh, I guess what I'm trying to understand is, it seems you're very passionate about the Jews, and I was just wondering what what's the importance that you took from the folks that have uh, told you about the history on this Jews from Africa, from uh, folks from Jamaica, you know. I guess that's, I'm just trying to understand that. Well, it tells, it tells a history. It tells the direct link and you can actually do history just by food itself. Right. The food, the food itself is telling a history. So if we're talking about, you know, um, an African dish like jellof rice, which is popular, um, the, the, Slaves brought over jambalaya, you know, when they came. And, you know, it, that is the direct correlation from Africa to here. They're the same dish. The one is just older. The jambalaya version is older. It's from the generations of Africans who came to the Americas back then. Um, and, you know, it's sort of like a, a, another example would be uh, gumbo. The the folks in New Orleans may not, you know, they make a soup called gumbo, but they may not know that 
you know, gumbo in Ghana means okra. You know? So, yeah. So you can actually trace history by looking at the food and cuisine. So if we're talking about sorrel, um, I've sold, you know, earth-giving juices to Africans and uh, African restaurants. And, you know, in this particular restaurant, the Nigerians put it on the menu and called it Zobu. Mm -hmm. um, I'm selling right now in a grocery store and they call the drink Zobu. Okay. That's, I'm, 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 yeah. that's very interesting because there's a lot of direct like linkages, uh, even through DNA. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we're talking about linkages because when I did my DNA, 23andMe DNA, I found out that I do have African in me and uh, Sub-Saharan and some other, a, a bunch of other. <laughs> no. So, yes, I think that, you know, it bleeds over into culture. And so with that being, I think we're close to the top of the hour. Uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but we can continue our uh, episode on the next one since you're the. I get a second. Uh, I get a second episode. Two bottles now that you owe us. Wrap it up before we get cut, before IG cuts us off. You, you got it. You got it. Well, um, I'll leave it at that. Um, yes. So we'll leave it at, we'll stop at the history because it, it's definitely a history that uh, I don't want people to miss out on. Um, but again, Earth Given Juices, coming to a store near you. All right. Miss Shawnee, you're up. All right, thank you, Mr. Maibu, for sharing the history of Earth Giving Juices, sharing with us your journey of starting the company, mm -hmm. and then also telling us where we can purchase it in Maryland and then the future aspirations of the company to be able to provide a business where it's a family business where it can empower the community wherever it's located, empower the people, provide them with employment, and provide them with culture. This is an honorable mission, and we look forward to seeing this progress. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Look forward to the juice. Yes. Thank you, sister. Y'all keep going. <laughs> I look forward to being back. Don't, for, don't forget me. I want to finish that, that history lesson. Okay. That's, right. Yeah, we need a history lesson. It sounds like a full symposium needs to take place. <laughs> right. Exactly. I can, I can give it to you. Thank you, sisters. We'll be, we'll be adding all the information and the commentary and on the post itself. Okay, thank you so much and have a wonderful weekend. Have a good weekend. Take care. You too.